ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RF Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here. Here talking everything DC United, Washington Spirit, Loudoun United, whatever tickles your fancy as far as DC soccer goes, we are probably covering it, and a little bit of US uh, national teams as well. Uh, John is right here with me after being gone uh, yes. for several weeks. Uh, what what Latinx dish did you defile this while you're on your uh, trip there, John? Oh, just just pupusas again when I was in the stadium on Saturday, and I will do it. The problem it's funny because like I didn't want them, but I felt I needed the picture, so I was I was gonna get something <laughs> else, but I was like I gotta get this picture. So I'm what I might do is next time I get them, just take a bunch of different pictures all over the stadium and then be like, this is from today. I did it just now. That's my that's my only plan because there's other good things there that I want to eat. Fair enough, fair enough. I have I have I have set you on this. I have set you on this path. Uh, we hope you are watching us wherever you can find us, but especially we are trying to get people on Twitch. Uh, John, you have the details. Yeah, on you've been putting out those calls and you, and you have the details. So I'll let you take that away. Let this me explain initiative. why Twitch is good. YouTube is great. Everyone loves YouTube except for the comments and everything else, but. Uh, YouTube makes it very challenging to get money for creators like money. We talk about Patreon, which, by the way, you can support us on patreon.com slash refugees or buy our merch. Um, but uh, YouTube makes it very challenging. I think we need a thousand. I think we need a thousand followers on YouTube. That's not going to happen. Uh, I'm going to just go out there. And <laughs> not say, right now, at least. <laughs> not for a while, probably. We've The show's been around, I think, three years or whatever. I don't know. Um, two years, whatever it is now. Uh, but Twitch, get we can get there a lot faster. So basically, if you go to twitch.tv slash rfkrefugees and you, and you make an account, if you don't have an account, and follow us, it's just like anywhere else except for we can do cool giveaways like we're going to do on today's show. Uh, producer Brian will tell me in the chat what uh, we, I need to have you type. But basically, uh, in the chat, you'll type uh, something. And then at the end of the show, we're going to give it away. We're going to give away a pack of our last pack of NWSL cards that we have left from Parkside Collectibles. But overall, do it. We'd love you to. We'd love you to join us on that. Uh, in the end, if it's if we can find ways to make that experience exclusive and and uh, more exciting than YouTube, we might just go there, uh, and then have the show available for everybody else uh, for download on Tuesday. We'll see uh, where we get to with that. But uh, do that if you'd like. If not, you don't have to. And if you're listening to this show and not watching live, none of this stuff matters to you. And uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and we'll just now we'll talk about soccer. Yes, we will. Uh, and let's start with uh, let's start with soccer. Let's start. Uh, we're we're going to get into the good stuff, everybody. Trust me. We're going to get into the DC United winning seven to one. That that is certainly on our radar. And we'll probably make a majority of my show because it was awesome in several ways. But I feel I felt like we should start. We should start talking about the Washington Spirit. Uh, John, you you were at the opening game at Segra Field. Uh, I guess I'll start before we get into the game. Uh, some thoughts about that. I guess we'll get some thoughts. What, what, what were your thoughts on the the setup? Everything was there? Anything you noticed? Uh, obviously, you had some some inside info on the locker room situation. Uh, give give us give us some of your thoughts. I did. Well, it's still, from the outside, it still looks bad, right? It still is a shipping container from the outside. Um, but think of that as like HGTV, like when they make a tiny house out of a shipping container, and you go inside, and you're like, wow. There's hardwood floors in this shipping container. There's a there's a waterfall in this shipping container. Uh, so it's done nice. I obviously didn't get to go into the locker rooms. I went into the bathrooms, which are, they look like a regular bathroom. They look like you're in a bathroom in a normal building. So that's cool. Um, the, you know, no one cares. The funniest thing now that I'm, now that we're quote unquote media, is no one likes to hear about media gripes. But they didn't put a press box in Segra Field. It does not exist. One, one does not have a press box. 
Um, so there, you know, uh, Jordan with Washington Spirit is doing her her darndest to make uh, make something work, and they do, and you were able to watch the game and and, and write about it. Uh, but it is uh, it's a different thing. It's definitely not Audi Field. Uh, the turf continues to not have so the wa- there's running water in the showers and in the uh, bathrooms. There is not sp- bar- there's not sprinklers underneath the field yet. So the field is still unable to be wet down except for at the beginning of the game. This leads to the ball moving pretty slow. And I think if you watch the game, you could have seen that uh, there were some difficulties with that. The players hate it. Uh, Richie. Burke uh, has talked at length about how much he hates turf. Uh, unfortunately for him, he's got quite a few games there at Segra to uh, to, to manage that. So, um, from that perspective, like from the from the uh, uh, you know looking at the stadium, the objective looking at it, that's it's it's fine. Uh, it's an okay place to watch a game. It's nice to be that close to the field. Um, that's cool. But uh, overall, the the turf and the lack of being able to wet it down is is a real detriment, I think, to the quality of play. And we'll have to watch. We'll have to. It'll be it'll be curious to watch the Spirits' record. Um, and I'd say that now as they open up that stadium with a loss. Uh, but it'll be it'll be curious to watch the, the Spirits' record. I I do hope that at some point, Segra Field maybe gets a either a grass field or once the once the it seems to me they put that turf out there because they're like we're not gonna have running water for a while. Once we get that running water, then maybe we can start to look to 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 get a. Uh, an actual grass field out there, um, and, and actually have a field that is that is nice to play on. Um, or the the spirit just moved to Audi permanently. That's, and I think with regards, to, I, 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 <laughs> I, I think I think a lot. I think yes, that that'll be it. Uh, I think a lot of that uh, does say to uh, the the look of everything. I mean, I think I am fine. I am fine with the outside. However, they want to make anything on the outside, as long as everything's as long as everything is at least up to a professional standard as close as you can get on the inside. There's an attempt to make it a professional standard. Um, I, I think part of the frustration, obviously, with Segra has been the fact that there were no locker rooms. If, it, if it's an outside shaping standard, but it looks nice on the inside, that's perfectly fine. I, who cares what it looks like on the outside? Uh, with regards, uh, I think we saw um, uh, Louisville, uh, Racing Louisville, posted a video of their really nice, impressive locker room that they have out of that field that's that's great it'd be awesome if the spirit could could get something like that at segra or even at audi to to have a shared facility uh but on the same front you know it's 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 not a deal breaker as long as long as it's just it's respectable it's people are treated with the the players are clearly treated with respect by having uh by having professional facilities this is better than um, this is better than some of the other stadiums in nwsl so uh, some of the other stadiums in nwsl the locker rooms are like military situations where it's like a like it's like a one sprinkler one sprinkler shower that everybody circles around so uh this is better um it's 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 one of those things where you the more you find out the more angry you get about the fact that there are stadiums uh that these players are playing in across the league that are like that um but this it just sort of tells you like how far uh there still needs to go uh, as far as bringing bringing these two leagues up to parity as far as the way they're treated uh, off the field and also the facilities they get to use on the field. But Don, Don Rankin does point out that the uh, the rugby team plays there at Segra, which is something I have for game of the old glory rugby. So yes, that would be a disaster to put uh, grass out there if they're going to continue to to use that facility. Uh, but uh, it, it, the, the other argument is, well, then the Spirit should just play at Audi Field. Uh, let's get to the game, I think, is the next step. Yeah. Uh, it was not a not a great game from the Spirit. I have to say, I think this was probably their worst game of the season. I, I don't think I remember a game being 
being this bad. Um, just off on the on the offensive side for sure. Uh, they I think this was their lowest xG like stat they had all all game. So um, all season. So I, I, you were there. You got to watch it full. You got to write a report. Uh, were, were my thoughts valid on this one? Yeah, I think they they are. I think it was really a matter of what Chicago did to contain them, and then the, Washington's inability to break it. Um, I talked about it. Go to rfkrefugees.com uh, and look at the the uh, the wrap up of this game from Saturday, Friday, Friday, mm-hmm. uh, Friday. Friday. Uh, the week once you take a week off vacation, days have absolutely no meaning. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they just t- they set two sixes in front of the back four, a la Ben Olsen in the old in the olden days, uh, and the spirit couldn't break them down. They were content for much of the first half to pass around the back. Uh, you know, just side to side, Clyde Sim style for just too much of the game. And they weren't able to break them down. They were result sort of going over the top at the beginning of the game. In the second half, it was a little bit more open and they were pushing the ball in the wings. Uh, but they just weren't able, they weren't able to connect. Trinity Robin went down with uh, back spasms in the beginning of the second half. Uh, they just sort of, that was, that was a problem for them. They were losing, they could not afford to lose any of their attacking threats. And they did. Uh, and they weren't able to break them down. The goal that Chicago scored was fluky. Um, I don't know what their XG. What did do you know? What Chicago's XG was? Couldn't have been. It was like one one point one nine. I think is, is a stat I saw from NWSL Analytica. So yeah, you could probably they, they count added, the added, ball they, that went in the net as part of that XG that they didn't count. That would probably be part of it. Uh, but let's. Let, yeah, I, I, I have I have I have thoughts on that. Go ahead. You you continue. Yeah, no, no. My, I mean, my thoughts are. I didn't see it. I was at the other end of the field, so all I heard was the Chicago Rory Dames losing his absolute mind on the sidelines. I was like, I was like, well, you know, what are you gonna do? <laughs> I can't see it. So let's. So I, a lot has been made, and, and and a lot was being made about the officials of this game, and I, I think everybody we're, we're all living in a post VAR world. So I think we're just used to the idea that a professional league, a top-level professional league, has VAR. We've seen it. And if VAR gets called, I think there is a there is a good chance maybe that gets overturned. Maybe that gets a goal. There also could have been a foul that should have been called on the on the lead up to that play. Um and I will I will refrain. Um <clears throat> I, I may I may have an acquaintance with the center official, uh a past history of acquaintances with the center <laughs> with said center official at this game. Um, so I, I, it's hard for me to criticize him because actually I've watched, I've, he, he, he'll say he lives in, he lives near my area and he referees a lot of games around the, uh, he's refereed Richmond games, Loudon games. Uh, and I think honestly, he does a pretty good job. I don't think he, I, w- I had some qualms with how he refereed this game. Uh, but with regards to that goal, it's not as close as everybody. Everybody acts like it's like five feet inside the goal. It's right on the line, maybe a couple inches over, over the line. Uh, on TV, maybe it looks like it crossed the line. Again, the camera angles and the quality of the of the uh, of the broadcast cameras is not the greatest. Uh, but let's not kid ourselves and think that somebody running full speed, an AR who probably is number one, has to sit on the second to last defender and then sprint full off a shot and try to get in position to where where he or she can accurately judge that that ball coming off the crossbar down and across the goal line. That is an incredibly difficult call for any referee to make. I know because it's happened to me while I've been refereeing, even in slow games, even in youth games, it is an incredibly difficult call, which is why we have things like goal line technology, VAR, that really the argument should be get NWSL needs VAR. 
Like they need to have the, for those types of incidences, if you're not going to have goal line technology, you need VAR mm. to make those calls, to give the referee a second look to see. And honestly, if, uh, if the center referee had gone to VAR, looked at that, uh, he might've said, yeah, that crossed the line. That's a goal. Good goal. Um, so I, I think, I, I think that's where I feel like a lot of the anger towards that is on the referees. And I'm like, that, that is nowhere near like anything close to being a, you, no one on the broadcast even said, oh, that's a goal. What a goal. They had to look at the replay to see it. And, oh, yeah, that clearly crossed the line. What is the referee thinking? Come on. Let, let's let's get it up. Yeah. Hey, Gregory, yes. Do I want you, you VAR from U5 games? Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Ted, is, Ted is the referee's advocate. That is that is the, that yeah. is part of Ted's duty here. Uh, Kelia Watt hey, was... Hey, until until you do it, I, I, I do not trust your opinion on refereeing. Let's say that. I'll well, be I never will, so you can never can. Uh, Kelia Watt was... <laughs> In the first half was real handful. I, I think that obviously she deserved a goal in the second half with her efforts. Tegan McGrady had her hands full the whole game. It, I think they're just going to flush this game. They have North Carolina coming in to Audi Field next this weekend. That's going to be a tough game. North Carolina has turned on the Jets. Mm-hmm. Lynn Williams, after she has been snubbed for the Olympics, is a woman possessed. <laughs> she is first in the league in goals. So if I if you were able to bet NWSL on FanDuel, which you are not, a goal for Lynn Williams is a good bet. Uh, the spirit defense is is still very tight. Uh, they look, they look, they look. They did not look super troubled in this game. Um, there were numerous questions uh, in the post game about sort of like how does this team deal with not having their Olympians? And every the coach and all the players like, dude, we're fine. <laughs> that is not what we lost <laughs> today. Our our defense is good. We're, we'll 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 manage. Um, so it, a tough game this Saturday. I would hope a draw would be suitable for me. Based on based on North Carolina's form, uh, and sort of I don't know what Trinity's status is going to be. It is very weird though, as a as a when you're looking at an 18 year old or 19 year old, and her availability changes your expectations of the win already. You're, she's already, she's already that integral to the to the uh, to the attack where you're just like, oh man, she better be available, or they they might have a hard time. I, I will say, I think the, the Red Stars were sort of the first team that was successful at keeping both of those players, both Ashley Sanchez and Trinity Rodman, uh, very much at bay. They didn't really get generate many opportunities. And that's the thing when you deal with young players uh, is, you know, you, you're successful, but then how do you adjust when you're uh, when when suddenly people figure you out? And how do you maybe develop a way to sort of work around that? So I think that's going to be on them to... It's gonna be on. It's gonna be on Richie, and it's gonna be on both of them to sort of figure out. Okay, how do we get around that? So, how do we get around? We'll, that? We we so. will see how they do it. I, I think North Carolina is coming for blood. So, uh, make sure you tune. I mean, come to the game. I don't know what the weather's gonna be like. Probably it will be yeah. very hot because it's ninety thousand degrees tomorrow when I'm at a baseball <laughs> game. So I assume it will be uh, also hot again on Saturday. Or maybe we'll get a we'll get a we'll get a situation like we had on Saturday for DC United versus Toronto. I think we'll segue to that game. Uh, beautiful weather. I was in Richmond. I was at uh, the the Richmond Kickers game. It was probably the only game where I didn't have my like shirt be like drenched in sweat after being like you know ninety degree humidity and with one hundred percent humidity and all that, all that wonderful stuff we deal with here in the Mid Atlantic region. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, DC United seemed to uh, to cook on turn on the Jets and absolutely trounced just demolished Toronto seven to one. Um, 
Wow. I have I have all the goals listed. Do we want to just go through the goal like every single goal? Or do you want to go through every single moment of this game? Like I, I, how do we how do we how do you assess a game like this? Like I'm actually thinking as a podcaster. Like. Yeah, no, I think I think that's fine. I think overall the things we can just basically say are uh that was fun. That was extremely fun to see live. It was fun, I'm sure, Ted, to watch after the fact. Uh you were able to, were you able to avoid spoilers? <laughs> so funny story about that. Uh, so I did a really good job. Like I deleted foot, I deleted foot mob, like the little widget I have. I turned off all my Twitter. No- I did all of this prepare. I was like, I'm a focus. I'm a focus. And then there's a goal that happens for, um, for, uh, for North Texas in the game. And I didn't see, it, and I wanted to see the replay. So I stupidly without thinking, <laughs> and maybe a couple beers in the system opened up the ESPN app and saw four one DC nine. And I went, Oh, <laughs> and I was like, well, there it is. So, I was unable. I was, I was unsuccessful in avoiding spoilers, but also the team won seven to one. So uh, I'm going to watch that game regardless if I know the spoilers, and then watch it again too and see the. <laughs> so really, uh, it, it kind of worked out um, in in that sense. I'm also really bad at at keeping myself spoiler free. Usually, it ends. It would probably would have ended at some point. I yeah, was prepared for that. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I I thought all of the action we were getting on Twitter was going to blow your phone up. Um, <laughs> just trying to think big picture things. Like you said, the weather was fantastic. Uh, the result, obviously, was fantastic, and we'll get into that. Uh, I, a thing I said as I left that I tweeted, I was just saying, I, I, I took the Metro. I never take the Metro to the games lately because I live so far away. Usually, I just drive and park. Um, but it felt like, first of all, taking the Metro makes me feel like I'm 22 again when I used to love up in Alexandria. So it was like a weird time machine. I was just going to, I was going to a game. wasn't going to RFK, but going to a game by myself on the Metro at night. I was like, man, this, this is old days. I'm feeling spry uh and then we win i'm walking back bara and uh the rest of the supporter groups are having their drum their drum circle outside in the concourse like, man that feels like the old days i'm walking to the i'm walking to the metro people are starting to just chant spontaneously and everybody's joining in i'm like that feels like the old days walking a lot eight uh and then just sort of the good vibes like uh, when you're on twitter where people are just like Faving everything that has DC United in it, they're just they're just in a, such a good mood. We're just like, fave, 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 fave. Uh, it felt great. It felt like the old days were back, at least for one one weekend. And we'll talk about how good DC United is overall if you look at where they were last year. But for whatever reason, it felt like uh, a time capsule into you know why I think all of us are actually fans. Like the good vibes when, when a win happens, uh, it was just it was there right away. I, I, the one the one thing I think. I took away from this game. I wasn't at the stadium, so I didn't get all the the vibes. But I mean, you feel it. I think you feel it. I see, I feel it on Twitter. I, I feel the even the most hardened, like ne- you know, negative people that are out there um, are are they're they're they the uh, they're breaking away into into hap- into a little bit of happiness. Um, and even if I agree with some of their criticisms uh, about the team uh, about what's going on, it, it was nice to see kind of that a recognition that. Uh, that th- this is the, the, the culture change, the way the team is playing, nearly everything that has changed since Lasada has come here and how quickly it's come together. I mean, we were thinking we were thinking we'd see maybe little flashes of this by now. Maybe we'd see a little bit. We were not expecting what we're seeing right now. Um, even even with how bad Toronto is going into this game, I was not expecting them to go out and just absolutely pace them. I felt good about our chances. But I was thinking, you know, maybe 2-1, maybe, you know, 2 nothing, maybe it's, you know, that type of game. I was not expecting this. 
Um, obviously, the the big the big thing right off the bat was uh, Kevin Paredes getting his first goal, and and that was just that was a joy to watch. I, I think he ran faster celebrating the goal than he did actually running <laughs> to score said goal. Uh, that was like the fastest I've ever seen him run, um, and just the you could tell that was something he wanted, the team wanted, and that and that's what really caught me. It was it was all the goals, seeing everybody celebrate. You know, even even players that are like on the bench that maybe are thinking they should start. Uh, are just having a good time and, and enjoying enjoying what's going on right now, and that's incredible to see. Yeah, Paredes, I was I was so afraid that he was going to get. So what the thing normally happens to him is when he gets in front of goal, he gets a little bit tense and then messes up, shoots over the bar, and that was a prime opportunity to do that because the ball was played across the mouth of the goal to him running on it, like very easy to blast that over the bar, and <laughs> he does not. Cool thing about him celebrating is he celebrated the goal like three times in one celebration. Like he ran to the right, <laughs> he celebrated. He ran to the left, he celebrated. He ran to the middle of the field. He went down on his knees and like put his hand, put his. I was like, man, this is this is awesome. You are extremely excited. This is great. And it's also too one thing that's different. Like I, I always like to call it the differences. Uh, <laughs> uh, in baseball, if you celebrated that much for something, they would throw at you. Like they would be like, this is not okay. You are going over the line. You've celebrated too much. Uh, but soccer is not baseball, as we as we often know. But it was a, it was a great, you know, we're, we're all so happy for him to finally get that goal, first of many for sure. And uh, it was nicely taken. It was a good start right off right off the jump. You're thinking, cool, all right, great. That's all right. Now we just need one more goal. <laughs> Maybe we'll hold on, play him tight, and then we'll be all right. But that's uh, that's not how this game went at all. Yeah, and we talk about the the second goal, um, a, a great ball over the top from Moreno. Finds a Bertha in space. He slots at home. DC United finally getting some some finishing, uh, some finishing going in this year. Uh, second goal in in two games for Roberta. Uh it, it ends up being the game winning goal, uh, yeah. which is it, it, yeah because I mean everything else falls in between it. But uh, you know, obviously uh, Toronto gets a goal, which we'll talk about in a minute. I, I have some criticisms based on that. Um, I mean, right now Roberta second start, second goal. Obviously, uh, Kamara gets a goal. The question, of course, becomes: I mean, is is Roberta now the starting, the locked in starting striker now, or is there still a debate for you? Um, I think there's a debate. You... I think there's a debate. Okay. I think Nigel does some things very well. I think Nigel presses very well. I think he uh, he he's decent in the air. I think, but I think that you know, if you look and Ola Ola retweeted the statistic because I think it's I think he likes to counter the narrative about what what you know what people think about him is that he is. Uh, I don't have the number, and producer Brian, if you want to throw it somewhere, his goals per uh, his expected goals and goals per ninety are uh, very impressive. He's he's doing extremely well in that in that front. Uh, it's uh, seventy something. Uh, it, yeah, it's it, it's it's outrageous how how efficient he is when it does not appear that he is. Nigel, uh, I think he needs a little bit more more opportunities against uh, more challenging teams. We'll see how he holds up. If he is able to continue to do this, also if he can create his own chances, uh, I don't think that's what's that's not what's asked asked of players in the system. They're you know they're given those opportunities and the, and the expectations that they finish them, but that's another thing that could sort of uh, tip the balance in his favor. I think they're pretty evenly matched right now, but it's good to have choices. It's good it's good not to have one and then like five other guys that you could throw out there if you if you needed to. Yeah, and it's good to have a guy off the bench. It's good to have a a player. I I am sure if you asked Ola Kamara, what do you want to be? He said he, he would want to be starting, hundred mm-hmm. percent. But it's good to see him off the bench. And this is what I'm talking. This is probably a player who's not happy 
with the fact that he is that he is not starting. He probably feels he should be starting. He, he's like anything. Um, and but he is still coming out, doing a role, coming off the bench, and still going out there and 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 getting goals, uh, and, and and finding a way to be involved in play. Uh, and, and I think that is something that's important. And, that, and that's really the nature of this team is just – it was seven different goal scorers, which I think was a record. It was an own yes. goal, which, you know, well, I think kind of – it would be nice. I mean, <laughs> but still. Uh, but it, there still is – there's almost like a collective effort on this team that you're seeing. And it's reflected on the score sheet, and it's reflected in what you're seeing on the field as well. The, these guys are all playing for each other. There's no clicks. There's no, like, guys off to the side. Uh, there was a picture they posted, I think, on on Twitter where there was like a house party that I think I think was at Assad's house. I'm assuming because I think his yes. dog is there, and all the team, even guys like we haven't really seen much. Yordi Rain is out there with his shirt um, open. All these guys are at yes inside, and no one else is. And <laughs> just, then also he's just vibing. He's just vibing. He is vibing. And then Fred Briant was there, like he was yeah. he was the lone gringo. So it's a good. It was a. It looked like a fun party to be at, except for Yordi maybe being. I don't like. Did they come in from the like the pool maybe? And everyone else was like, "All right, I'll put my shirt on." He was like, "No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let it, let it hang loose." Um, but yeah. So we got the numbers yeah. here. Uh, is XG over ninety is 0.72, and goals per ninety is one point two six, which is good. That's good. You'd want that in your yeah. in your starting striker. So options are fantastic. Uh, speaking of options for striker. I am. We are basing this solely on uh, powers of deduction. But uh, Eric Sorga is no longer listed on the injury report, but is very much chilling in Estonia, uh, just hanging out, having the best time of his life. I don't know if that's permanent. I don't know if they're waiting for a window to open. Uh, but you would assume at this point that he would be back. He went there, I think, ostensibly for international duty quite some time ago when he had an injury. So uh, there are lots of Eric Sorga super fans that may. Maybe sad here in a couple months. We'll we'll see, but just keep your I, eyes keep your eyes on that. I, if you're looking at it right now, DC United has a full. They have a full roster um, right now. I think they, they even their their academy guy. They're basically signing him, but he's being loaned to uh, uh, to Loudon basically to keep up uh, to keep up that uh, that roster viability. Uh, and I think you're going to see some guys. I'm looking at guys like Yordi Reina. I'm looking at guys like Eric Sorga. Maybe you find something some place for them to go if they're not going to be a part of this team. Eric Sorg, I think, is number one because right now maybe you're looking at maybe making a signing, but this team needs to clear roster space in order to go out and make a signing if they want if they want to do that this year. And they, they're obviously, they're talking about being quiet, uh, but we've heard them say they're going to be quiet in the past and they have uh, and they have done something in the window. I, I don't think we're going to see this team just be 100% quiet um, in the window. Even if it's within the league. I think even if there's yeah. some sort of uh, machinations internally, strengthen where they need strength. But yeah, I would assume Just there the are some players who will no longer be here. Yeah, I'm assuming. Uh, I, I dropped uh, anywhere. Uh, let's talk uh, goal three. I wanted to mention goal three because I think Andy Nahar plays a large part in that. He was a huge factor in this game. We have not talked Man of the about match. him. Man of the match. Uh, team of the week. Even made the list for um, for MLS player of the week. It is he has he is a story that I think is like is developing in an incredible way. Just the fact that the that Lasada had the audacity, and I think it was almost like an emergency type thing where they just threw him in at center back, and he did a good job at it. And now he's like, well, well let's just keep it rolling. And then we're seeing more and more and more. I mean, this has been this is a story that I think is 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 pretty. Uh, 
uh, pretty on pretty underrated. I think we do have a call a call coming in. Actually, uh, we have a call from Eric, uh, who was at the game. Uh, so I think we'll get him queued in if he's ready. Eric, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Hey, can you guys hear me? We can. Yep, we can hear you, man. Go right ahead. All right. Yeah. No, I was I, I was at the game. I actually had the option. I was like. Uh, so my dad's Danish, so I was, you know, on cloud nine from the Euros earlier, and, and I was like, ah, I mean, I'm already at a sports bar. What if I just, I, I, I could go to the game, right? I just finished moving into a new apartment. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to go. You know, why not? I'll, I'll be there like 10 minutes late. What am I going to miss? What am I going <laughs> to miss? Kevin Paredes, Nigel Roberta, my guys, my boys. The team is on fire. They are electric. They are loving life. Smiles all around. It's just the stands. Everyone, everyone's having a great time. It's like, oh, my God, it's amazing. I can't tell you the number of people who, like, turned to me and were like, hey, it's my first game. Like, what, what, what are they saying in Spanish over there? And I'm like, I, I know half the songs, sure. Like, we'll sing them together. <laughs> Why not, guys? Um, it was amazing. It was such a good time. Um, uh, something I want to talk about, uh, 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 just everyone buying in, everyone buying in. Like, I think Hernan has just created this, this, this atmosphere that people are like, you know what? Uh, we are better than everyone thinks that we are. Uh, we are we are not you know the set, the sixth or seventh place team in the East. We we are in the top two in the top three, and you know maybe that's true, maybe it's not. But the way that they're playing, they believe that, and I believe that they believe that, and that makes me as a fan feel amazing. Uh, seeing Andy Nahar out there just. Um, God, when uh, uh, what's his name? That defender slid into the supporter stands after Nahar does that one cutback and and, yeah. and passes the ball like uh, to Knaus for the goal. Um, like I, it, the swagger, the 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 like they're 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 dreaming big and and they are uh, 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 what what is it? Um, they're finishing through. They're pulling through on their dreams. Like like everyone is doing great. All of the younger guys, Griffin Yao gets out there. He says, hey, Moses Nyman, I saw your pass. I saw your pass to Ola. I'm going <laughs> to pass one myself. I'm going to get an assist. But you know what? I'm going to grab a goal. I'm going to grab a goal. Who cares if I have five degrees of space to shoot the ball? Who cares if it's the 90th minute? I'm out there. I'm going for it. Kevin Paredes, second minute. The guy has obviously wanted this goal for, like, months and months. And uh, uh, you say he was the fastest player when he ran to uh, celebrate that goal? I'll do you one better. Griffin Yao. Sprinting freaking like 80 yards down the field to Ola Kamara, who turns around and you can see surprise in his eyes. He's like, Oh, God, he's right here to celebrate with me. Like, everyone, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just in a state of euphoria. Um, I, I, I just wanted to. Yeah, no, man. Thank you. I don't know. That is, yeah. That, thanks, man. That, yeah. That's the that's that's the thing we were we were wishing that we were going to go live right after the game because that was how everybody was feeling. But yeah, that was a that was a. I think it's funny that was a lot of people's first games. Uh, so they're like, all right, so that's like normal, right? We should explore four, five, six, seven. <laughs> that's normal. Absolutely. Come back again when we play Philadelphia, yeah. and then same thing, same thing. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, just want to say one. Minor thing that I, I I I'm I don't know if I'm looking for the the the, the dark cloud and my silver lining, um, 
of a seven to one win. Uh, Bill Hamid had a couple moments where he looked a little shaky. I His defenders know. were like, putting like, him it, in horrible positions. Like there yeah, were three or yeah. four needless back passes that put him in no win situations. He didn't do great at getting out of them. They didn't result in any goals. Um, per se, I think that that's, that, that at least is good, but they, his defenders were hanging him out to dry over and over to go over again for no reason. That was very frustrating in the first half when they were doing that. Uh, just one final note before I uh, hang up, just and Andy Nahar, I don't want to see him anywhere other than center back. I don't think anyone is prepared for him there. I don't think anyone, I don't think any team has a game plan that plans for a center back to become a forward in the middle of the game multiple times. So uh, I hope to see it more often. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, good night and God bless you. Eric, take care, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Take care, Eric. And Nahar actually was we transitioned to the right wing towards the end of the game. So he was playing mm-hmm. forward closer to goal. That was interesting. Uh, but let's get back to the, the goal breakdowns yeah. and the things that we. Uh, one, the... Yeah, and, and Ang- Angus does point out he did play uh, center back in a back three for Anderlecht uh, under that assistant coach. So clearly, clearly there was a uh, I think I think he's talking about the assistant coach we hired uh, from from there. Uh, so clearly, clearly there there was a method. I guess it's more I I have I have, I was not expecting Andy Nahar to come in as a center back this season. I don't think anybody was. Um, and but he I mean he creates that goal. Canals over the goal. Uh, the bad giveaway I think. On the on the the Toronto goal, I think does worth mention because it's a bad giveaway from Heinzike, uh, who finds Bradley, who does probably the only good thing in the game, and that he chips the ball over, uh, finds Akinola, who finishes it. Uh, both him and um, I didn't notice really much from Andy, but I did know uh, Pines and Heinzike had at least a couple times where they were trying to play that maybe they played that quick ball vertical, uh, and it got intercepted and it turned yep. into a Toronto chance. Uh, so. Uh, while while we're all super hyped, and it is it is significant when you, a team, even against a bad team, just goes and says, "We are just going to dominate you. We're going to win." We have seen so many times that DC teams have played down to their opponent. They did not do that this time. They absolutely just dominated, and 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 you can't score seven goals and not dominate a game. But I will say the one the one negative I think on the defensive side is uh, there were some sort of sloppy passes and giveaways uh, that you know if. If one of those turns into a goal and suddenly it's three two, maybe we're looking at a different game um, from from seven one to to something a little bit more closer. But um, but uh, but yeah, so I think I think that's certainly worth mentioning. Um, yeah. Anything, I, anything else you had? No, I mean I think very soon after that, uh, the the soul left the body of Toronto. They they were on the board, but they didn't really feel like they were going to get more. I think it was a result of a mistake, and they knew it. It was not that they were clawing back another game. Uh, and DC really just put their knee on him uh, very shortly after here. And I think sort of when the fourth when the fourth goal happened, I think that was it. That was that was that was the end. They stopped really trying. And we'll have yeah. a, I, I have something to talk about at goal seven. <laughs> that is that is that is uh, that is of note. So let's talk about the fourth goal. Uh, fourth Griff- goal. Uh, for, for the last goal. The last goal. So I guess you can kind of talk about like the last three being almost kind of garbage. Like once the red card happens, that's it. They're done. It's over. Four one, you're down. You're down in ten minutes. Over, uh, but you know the, uh, the the fourth goal was the last goal with eleven men. Uh, it did come in the seventieth minute or so. There was kind of a lull. I thought a little bit wasn't a whole lot. No one was really developing much. Um, uh, but goal four, uh, Yao lays the ball uh, lays the ball off the Nahar. Uh, really nice pass from him. And Ariola does a really excellent job uh, getting to the ball, 
making a nice touch and a nice finish. Um, just a, a confident goal. Good to see him score. I thought he was much better. I mean, yep. everybody's better <laughs> in a 7-1 victory. Uh, I think it's hard to find anybody who wasn't better. Um, then, of course, he had the red card to Zavaleta. Uh, second yellow after three minutes earlier. Goal five, uh, Moreno. I thought actually Moreno had a sneaky good game. He did. Uh, he, he was not somebody who's going to appear on the score sheet, but I thought I thought he showed he had an assist. His so ability. He will, he will actually appear on the score sheet. <laughs> he will appear on the score sheet, but I mean, he, as far as like not what with the we're shooting. talking about in this game, right? <laughs> what we're talking about in this game, uh, he actually did an excellent job, sort of pressuring in the center, making the pass. He obviously has the assist on on Roberta's goal, but I thought he had a, he had a sneakily sneakily good game. Um, and then Yao, Yao really like came in into that, into his sub role, uh, and really sort of made a difference. He started to have something of a confidence game. Uh, I don't know if he necessarily like breaks through in the starting lineup, but he's certainly a player that off the bench, you have something. I think that's, that's been the biggest thing sort of this year. Uh, DC's got depth. Like, I mean, 2020 Ariola goes away. This whole team falls apart. 2021 Ariola goes away. I was like, okay, Flores is coming back from injury. We got Perez, we got Griffin Yao, we got some options there. Yeah, I, I think that Yao benefited, and, and all of the subs, Yamil Assad also, uh, normally when subs come on and a game is decided, they just sort of playing out the string. These these guys played like people who wanted to get more minutes, and they just put the sword to Toronto, and they did not care what that the game was over. They didn't care at all because they're saying, I'm out here to get more minutes, and this is what's going to get me there. Uh, Yao was Don Rankin just said that Yao was shot out of a cannon. Basically, he's like, I I'm not getting the opportunities I think I deserve. I think I should be on the field more. So I have before me a beaten and demoralized Toronto side playing with ten men. I am going to destroy them. I am going to make them not want to play soccer anymore. And he did. He he was a terror. Uh, and mm-hmm. let's get to, let's. I want to get to the seventh goal. So the sixth goal is uh, you have here marked as the best team goal of the bunch, and I would agree with that. Yeah, it was just, I mean, Paredes gets the interception, plays it to Assad, lays it off. Nyman with just a, a great pass over the top, finds Ariola. Cross takes a bit of a deflection, uh, but it finds it into Assad, who heads it home. Uh, big goal, a big goal, I think, for him. I think that w- the biggest thing about this was, like, you know, you have, obviously, Kamara getting a goal, Roberta getting a goal, keeping that. It was a lot of, like, people who needed to either keep things going or to get a goal. And for Assad, that was huge. He needed something. Because he just hasn't had the season he's had, so um, I was very happy for him. The team was very happy for him. I think. I think they've recognized he's had a he's had a bad a bad game. Um, and then let's get to your let's get to your seventh goal. Uh, Ola Kamara plays a ball to to Yao, uh, who just hammers it. <laughs> so hammers Griff- it home near post. So if you if you were watching from the angle I saw, uh, so he was running towards me. The angle you saw with the re- <laughs> the entire Toronto midfield, the DC United midfield, pretty much were done. They were just kind of chilling. Like no one was running towards the ball. He there were there were three defenders and there was Yao. The 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 two defenders were were sort of turned off because Yao had taken the ball towards the end line. And there was no angle. As said somebody he had like basically a 5 degree angle. He shoots and scores. The goalie's upset cuz he just got beat and he shouldn't have gotten beat. The defenders just kind of like are you real are you serious? No one was really running originally to go celebrate with him cuz I think they were sort of like like this game was really super over. Like everybody had sort of just turned off. Like, he, but Yao obviously didn't care, and he shouldn't. But like the rest of the team, the, the celebrations for even the sixth goal were like really super intense. That one, 
it's had a had a vibe of everyone's like, ooh, this is like this is like uh this is I think I compared it to and my last baseball analogy of the day. It's like uh when a game is over, it's like fifteen to one, and they don't want to use any more pitchers, and the backup third baseman comes in and he throws forty five miles an hour over the plate, and you're just like, if you hit it, you hit it, whatever, who cares? The game's over. But like there are there has been somebody this year who hit a home run off of a guy throwing fifty miles an hour and pimped it and threw his bat basically. And that, and everyone was like, "What? What are you doing? We're just trying to get to the end of this game here. <laughs> we were just trying to get to the end of this game, and you had to go steal someone's soul. I don't care that they did it, but I, it was just funny to watch the rest of the team sort of be like, okay, all right, okay, <laughs> we we won. Let's let's go home now. We we really we really beat them up.' John, John, does does goal difference matter? It it does. It does. I'm not does saying they goal shouldn't. Does matter? In the, the vibe of the team was very much like, ooh, all right, well, let's just get out. Let's get on the bus. Let's let them go home now. Well, the, the vibe of the team should be let's uh, let, why didn't we score eight? I think should be the vibe of the team um, uh, with regards to that. Punish them. Score as many goals as you can. We we went. We we are now in positive. I think we are. We're still at like what plus three goal differential so we're at like we were at like negative three goal differential and then we moved to pause plus three thank you uh, which is totally killing yeah which was totally killing my like prediction that they would make the playoffs with a negative goal differential so i'm real good about that prediction um right right up until then um but i guess that sort of leads to the question obviously chris arm is fired the next day uh second time i think this is a little bit different than sorga's i think sorga kind of felt like sort of a we kind of like just pushed Gave that little push over the edge. Uh, this was we basically took Chris Armis and threw him off the ledge and said uh, bye. Uh, I, I don't know how <laughs> he was, any coach on the hot seat like that. That 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 almost felt inevitable. It was almost like some people were kind of not expecting it, right? But we, that almost felt inevitable at was, that point. It's like he you, was yeeted. We yeeted Chris Armis. It was not a matter of like he was t- tipping on the edge. This was a Lion King toss off the toss off the big rock situation. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, hey, the, the expectations are different, um, are different for D.C. So obviously D.C. entering a two week uh, break. Um, we have uh, Donovan Pines and Ariola are going to go away now for the Gold Cup. Ariola, big loss. Donovan Pines making the Gold Cup roster. I don't think we've had an opportunity to talk about this. And I, and I tweeted out he, he's a story to watch. Obviously, I, I don't I think of the of the members of the seven one victory him and Heinz like probably were the two weakest of, of as far as, you know, just giveaways and things like that. Uh, but uh, really, Donovan Pines is a is a story that's not getting everybody's talking about, you know, Moses Nyman, Kevin Paredes and, you know, maybe a little bit Griffin Yao, maybe a little less so. But Donovan Pines is having himself a career. He has basically cemented himself as a either a penciled in starter or a guy in the rotation uh, for that starting role. You know, Steve Burbaum's coming back and everybody's like. I mean, but do you break this up right now? I mean, it looks so good. And just in the past couple games, uh, both against Montreal, against uh, Miami, both games, he was fantastic. Uh, so he's been a story, and I'm, I'm very happy to see him. I'm curious what whether he's going to uh, – because I think Ariel is obviously going to play a role in this team. And I think it was really important for him to have the game he had uh, because I thought the last two games he had kind of struggled. Uh, but I'll be very curious to see if Pines uh, – uh, if if Pines, uh, by the way, Don Rankin says uh, Christian Knowles on the filibuster podcast said before the game, there was no way he was getting fired before he got a real home game. Seven um, one does change things <laughs> a lot. I just found that found that kind of funny. Um, Back to Pines. I think it's on. It was unfortunate. I think that was one of his worst games of the season. This most recent one, mm-hmm. even in a seven one loss, uh, Toronto did not punish him, but he looked very he was not sharp. 
he was he was bad decision making was not very good. Uh, he was okay physically, but it was the stuff that you sort of always worry about him. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, what does he do with the ball at his feet when he's pressured? It seemed very much like Toronto had a game plan uh, out of the back three when he got the ball that they were going to double press um, because he was making mistakes early on. So hopefully he gets back into the... the I mean, training with the national team is only going to help him. I don't imagine him yeah. playing a big role. Maybe he does. Maybe it depends on how they sort of take this tournament. I. But. I mean, I'd say maybe in the early games, I, I don't know if he maybe gets a start. He maybe makes, you know, an appearance or two. I don't think he'll play a major role. Um, I, I think I think the the incident against New York uh, is it maybe had an effect on him. Uh, it's sort of and apparently he was game. cramping, too, for that. That uh, yeah. That's what that's sort of what Brendan Hines like uh, intimated during the press conference, that Donovan will always make the right play unless he is cramping. So I think that that was <laughs> and, and started laughing. So I think that might have been something to do with it. Possibly. Possibly. Um, yeah, so a, a lot of things coming up for DC in these next couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, um, you know, many uh, friendlies. We talked a little about who the team's. Yeah, we got we got the Capital Cup friendlies. Uh, so I think that's actually, hey, that's actually a good opportunity, I yep. think, for uh, guys like Flores who are trying to come back, guys like Birnbaum. I yep. think you'll see them make play, play a role Reina. in some of those friendlies. Jordi Reyna, especially get get some minutes to those guys, get some get some chance to get up to speed. Uh, so I think it's good timing, uh, good timing in those roles. Um, it does press stay in this lineup. I think honestly, uh, that's from uh, Klon fourteen. Uh, he's been the one player that I think, as the team has gotten better, his deficiencies have become more uh, more expansive. And I, I do wonder if you stick a guy like Flores, who's playing at his best, do you see maybe this team maybe make that step up? Uh, because right now, what this team is lacking is a quality win. They had, I guess, a two one victory at the beginning of the season against New York. But you look at the times they face good opponents, Philadelphia, Orlando. Uh, you They're know, always New right York, there. Obviously on the road. What's that? They're always right there. Yeah. It's always very close. Yeah. They just have to come out They're, on right, the wrong side of it. Right now they are doing the things that a playoff team does. You're beating the opponents that you are that you should beat. Miami, Toronto, uh, Miami again, uh, Chicago. You're doing those types of things. but you, you are, And you are challenging the upper, the upper echelon, so to speak. Uh, but right now, if you if you want to sort of establish yourself, you need to go out and you need to get results uh, against Philly, uh, against teams like Philly, against teams like Orlando, uh, against teams like New England um, as well. So, it, you know, when we start doing that, I think that's where and I think you look at a guy like Flores, he's your designated player. He is your highest paid player on this team. That that's the guy that that, that could potentially help you get there. Yep. He'll be on the uh, field whether it happens or not is, is up to him. What's that? He'll be on the field when he's healthy. Uh, the, the question yeah. was, does does Perez get displaced? Absolutely, he does. Uh, that's yes. just going to happen. Um, so uh, we, we've got uh, real quick. We want to before we continue on. Uh, we've got Rich on the line who wants to talk about Donovan Pines and also apologize to yes. Junior Moreno, a man he has quite often maligned. <laughs> so uh, Rich, if Rich, you're on. my man, Rich, my man, welcome hey, in. Yes, yes. Uh, I feel. I feel like. I feel like you need to answer, man. You've been. You've been hard and. You've been harping on Junior Moreno. You, you've been a longtime I, critic of him. So go ahead, my friend. I do. I'm going to have to prostrate myself at the uh, the altar and say, <laughs> Junior, I apologize. It wasn't you. It was Ben. <laughs> I mean, obviously, <laughs> it was the way Ben was telling him to play, you know. And, and I mean, it's not, it's not that it's Ben's fault. That's just Ben's system. And, and I think that it, the way he wanted – junior to play didn't really fit him and he was kind of stuck in the middle between defending and attacking but we can see now that you know 
he is a national team quality player and he's moving forward, you know, and doing stuff. And, and, um, and I think that his stint there on his national team really had him, he's revved up right now. So, uh, I apologize. He's way better than I thought he was. Um, <laughs> we'll pass it uh, on. I still don't think Ola is doing much, but, um, what I wanted to say is that I think that it seems to me like it would be better if they had Don's play. So really they're playing three backs. They're not really those, – those wing backs are not – they're playing wings. They're not really back. They come back defensively, but we're playing three back. And I think Donovan Pines fits better right in the middle. And I think Hans Dyke moving to the left. I mean, maybe he just doesn't have a left foot, but we've seen that Donovan Pines ain't great on when he gets outside. He's better in the box, you know. Um and I, I think that that would be a better fit for him, you know. But I really uh, had fun, and I, I loved that Yao goal. I thought it was awesome. I don't care, you know. Like we said in the chat, finish him. We just you know, I want to be clear. Stuck it in our face. <laughs> I want to be clear. I am not against the scoring of the goals. I was only I was only sharing what my uh, what my feelings were. The rest of the team they seemed to feel it on self. I also think score as many goals. I think I said we want eight. After he scored that, so uh, just w- just want to be clear, the chat, the chat, I got the vibe. The chat was thinking I was saying it was uncouth, not uncouth. Love it. Keep going. Sorry. Go ahead, Rich. <laughs> okay. So at any rate, I'm down in West Palm Beach awaiting the storm. So I'll uh, just listen for you guys. All right. Enjoy. Stay All safe, right. Rich. Thanks. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for calling yep. in, man. Take it easy. It- and I, I think Moreno is not um, – and I think I think also one one thing that maybe should get talked about is uh, there, there's actual competition for his spot. And I think that's mm-hmm. what you're seeing across the board is that players do – players elevate their games, number one, when they're happy and they're they're under a coach that uh, that is playing a system that they agree with. And I think you're seeing a bit of that. Uh, a lot of it too is competition. Um, Ola Kamara is raising his game because he's got competition with Roberta. Uh, you talk about on the on the wings, Perez is raising his game because he knows he's got Edison Flores coming after him. Um, you're talking about defensively. You've got players uh, like uh, the players that were locked in stars. And Marino's one of them. You have Nyman sitting right there, waiting. You know, basically pushing him out of uh, almost out of a role. Uh, and I think those those types of things are important in the team. And those are things that we we didn't have in 2020. We didn't have in 2019. Um, it, it is it is still so nice. So nice. And this isn't a, a criticism. We love Ben. I love Ben. But, you know, they're, they're, it, it certainly feels like this team is no longer just like 12, 13 players deep. There is 14, 15, 16, 17. When, when you're getting into games now, you have guys subbing in that you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Bring him on. He'll change the game. He'll do things like this. Yep. And that hasn't, been, that hasn't been the case of DC in a long time. And a large part of that also is, too, Young players like Moses Nyman, Griffin Yao, and Kevin Paredes making appearances and and challenging for those spots, um, and and I, I I have started to question, you know I think we all looked at the at some of the guys that have come through here under the Olsen era, and never got appearances, never got chances. I mean that Kevin Paredes was not on anybody's radar. Griffin Yao wasn't really on anybody's radar, and Pine certainly wasn't on anybody's radar. This season and a coach willing to say, I trust you to go get this done. Suddenly they're getting playing time. They're getting a chance to show what that is. They're, it's not perfect. Paredes didn't have the best starts this season, I thought. I thought he was still still doing a lot of the things he was, but he gets those appearances. He gets those chances, and suddenly he starts looking a lot better. So um, yeah, I, I have started to question a little bit of that. I would say I would say Paredes of the three had the best 2020. So as far mm-hmm. as like players you might have been expecting to make that big leap, I think it might, it might have been him, and he came into the season injured. But it is it is since he's been back he has been 
uh, you know, I, I went to the game with my friend and her son, and and she and he pointed out that like he he is when he's on the field, he looks like the best player. He's the young he's the youngest player, but he looks like the best player. He looks like he is the most motivated and speedy and tricky and you know all the things that you look at sort of has like the some of the elements the lucho trickiness and elusiveness and evasiveness that sort of not all players have and i think he does right out of the box and i i'll be honest to me and i still think moses Nyman has the highest ceiling i still think moses is playing in germany in the bundesliga in like two years mm-hmm. um for like <laughs> i'm i'm i'm, I'm my, my money would be on it there was a bet for like when he gets sold it's next summer yeah for him, maybe so honestly I, I truly believe that Paredes, I had I had said maybe was more of a, a solid MLS player at his at his at his ceiling, uh, and that maybe still be true. I don't I don't necessarily see him as a Premier League player or anything like that. Uh, but I think if he if he can continue to add scoring to the rest of the components that he has, particularly playing out of that out of that wing position or that wing back position, that's a valuable that's a valuable spot. Like that's a that's a that's a spot that draws dollars in the international market. So. Um, that's also, I think, where he's seen on the national team too, which is only only benefits him. So if he can work his way from a practice, I think this practice uh, for this tournament, for being on the practice squad, will be beneficial to get eyes on him and maybe see him in friendlies next year and actually on the field. It's a, it's it's. I think he's maybe the second one to go. Griffin Griffin is is now feeling to me, and it's not fair to say this because he hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities, and maybe now maybe he will more now, but he's now more seeming. Like your 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 ceiling is is a Paul like a little bit like a Paul Ariola, uh, and that's fine. That'd be great yeah. if we can backfill his spot with with Griffin when Paul goes whenever he goes. That would be that would be awesome from a from an academy yeah. pipeline perspective. Awesome. I, I'm I'm not ready to say because Griffin now is still like what 18. He's a baby. Is that yes. correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's still. I mean, we're still talking about a lot of these guys that are 18. I'm not ready to sort of write him. Uh, I mean, he he could take the uh, uh, the Tommy Thompson route, which is he becomes a very solid player for that team. Would love um, that, and that certainly is a route a route he could go. And, Bill Hamid, if yeah, Bill Hamid as well. Uh, you know, I think there's some other some other factors with Bill Hamid. Uh, no, I'm saying like he could be. Him. I'm saying he could follow the Bill Hamid path of being mm-hmm. of being a dependable hometown guy, and that that has a great long career. That works too. And if, if that becomes our ceiling, because I think right now what we've seen, we've seen time and time again, we've seen young players come in, not get opportunities and start to kind of fade. And I, I feel like maybe I was sort of maybe worried about that with Griffin. And then he has a game like this and I'm like, OK, there's something here. There, there's something growing. Um, and and I think it's I think it's certainly worth worth uh, worth talking about and, and getting it. And maybe he does develop as he gets more times. As he gets more opportunities, maybe he does start to develop into a into a better player and 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 someone who can be that that is sold maybe not at like twenty but at twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, uh, something like that. That's happened to plenty of uh, plenty plenty of plenty of MLS players have gone that path um, where they're in the league for a long time, they don't catch fire immediately, and then suddenly they start to become veterans. And the team's looking for somebody who can, you know, step in. They're not looking for a player they can develop. They're looking for a player who can slot right in. I, I'm not ready to write off sort of where where Griffin Yao's ceiling is just yet. Well, I think when you talk about ceilings, you are speaking to be uh, proven wrong, <laughs> particularly when a kid is young. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm we're ta- I'm a take merchant, so I'm here to I'm here to show you my wares. I'm opening my jacket with Rolexes yes. and takes about ceilings that's what i do uh but i I think you're gonna see those players i think you're gonna see a lot of griffin in these next two friendlies um Mm -hmm. i think that would be that would be that would be uh out 
you know, that's hopeful. Uh, but we're, we're going to talk about Loudon here in a second. You're also going to see a lot of Loudon United players. You're going to see a lot <laughs> of Giovanni Boulevard. Boulevard. Giovanni you're going to see. Yep. Mike, you're going to see DeShields. You're going to you're every Jacob Green, all those players that are on loan, you're going to see uh, playing major minutes. So um, if you I, I know I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter, but I mean, we need to get Bolivar uh, with it with uh, with DC United because he's scoring a lot of goals. You're about to see it. You're about to see how he looks against uh, Al And I <laughs> I don't we'll see. But uh, we we do we want to have any more thoughts on the DC United game. I think we pretty much we pretty much covered it all. Uh, we look forward. They play next. They they have a week off uh, for the international break, and then they play. They play uh, Wednesday, July seventeenth at at Philadelphia Union. So um, definitely be on the lookout for that. We will not be, be doing post game and uh, pre game and post game of the Alajuelense game. Uh, so nope. sorry, <laughs> we will not be doing Instagram live. We will not be writing a story on it. Maybe it'll it'll show up in the uh, the daily notes probably. Uh, but uh, as we get on here, we have a we have a special guest here, uh, Angus. Who, if you are following RFKRefugees.com, which how could you not be? You better be. Uh, he wrote a, a summary of the Loudon United game. So, Angus, are you with us? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? We can. Yep. So let's let's talk about this uh, Groundhog Day esque situation where every time we play uh, Hartford, it does not go well. Let's let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, it was. It sucked. I mentioned this in my article. I wanted this to be like the perfect chaser to the Saturday night DC United game, right? I was in the building for it. I helped with the TIFO, which I see that Don mentioned in the chat. That was a great experience and a great tribute to a great fan. Um, and I don't know if you guys have talked about it because I got in here late, but it was it, it, it did mean something to the players and the fans as well. And you had people saying that this is it. We're not losing this game. But when you win 7-1, that has the situation – the game eclipsed the situation at that point. Um, but to get to the Loudon game, I thought it would be the perfect chaser. Loudon played, has always played well. That's the thing with Loudon. They've always played well. And, you know, I finally thought they started to get the, 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 the whole, you know, losing thing off their back when they won on Wednesday. And then the lineup comes out and it's a heavily rotated lineup uh, for the friendlies, as we learned in the post game. Um, and, I'm like, okay, well, maybe they can get a draw out of it. You know, they're holding the ball a lot, and they're there. And then we get the penalty, and Bolivar, who comes on at halftime, um, doesn't look like the way he's looked in the past. I mean, he's always finding himself in those situations. He's the leading goal scorer for Loudon this year. He's got four goals in, in, in the games he's played. And, you know, we get a penalty, and albeit a, a not – great penalty call if there no. was VAR I think <laughs> um, and you know ball don't lie uh, it, and call it, it Cat Caldwell makes an amazing save all credit to him to stop Bolivar and six minutes later Hartford scored and that was kind of all she wrote I mean Loudon still had some chances but um, I forget the name of the striker that Hartford brought on because it's just it's like three Preston I uh, played for Las Vegas last year he um he came on and completely changed the game for Hartford. Uh, he was he had the hockey assist on the first goal. He scored the second goal and probably should have scored one or two more if it wasn't for uh, Ted's favorite goalie from Richmond, um, who made a couple of pretty good stops. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think the, that that's uh, you go ahead. Oh, go ahead. You got go. I was just going to say that I think that that's uh, we were all hoping that the and honestly in the first half I think going going into the half scoreless I think was a surprise 
from my perspective, just at sort of where Hartford had usually played Loudon, the fact that Loudon heavily rotated their starters out, uh, that was probably the best case scenario going into halftime. And they get a penalty, like you said, but then when that was missed, it was all sort of downhill very, very quickly. Um, and now I yep. think Loudon plays Miami next. Is that correct? Next week? The home game against Miami. Who they played tough. They had 37,000 shots against them last time with the, when Miami had 10 men, I think, if I remember correctly. That was also a 2-1 loss. So yep. we'll see how that goes. A couple things that I didn't cover in the recap because I wanted to keep it shorter um, that the commentators mentioned. Well, one, they said that Loudon should be should have won this game at halftime. That's what they were saying. They would favor Loudon to win, and then obviously we saw it happen. But um, they mentioned themselves that they had a discussion about whether or not they'd take Moses or Garai, and both of them said that while Moses has so far the minutes at the higher level, and that obviously puts him ahead of Garai, they don't really know who they have. And there is an actual discussion between the two. So if that doesn't get you excited for um, Garai, Jeremy Garai, I don't know what will, right? The that that center that that next center midfielder that they're comparing to, arguably the best center midfielder on the team right now. Um, so I'm interested to see how he performs because we're I'm assuming we'll see him in the friendlies because he didn't even crack the 18 for on sure uh, on for Loudon. Um, the other thing was is they mentioned they'd spoken to a, a USL Championship manager who said he wasn't going to be looking at the table until 10 games in. And he almost did once because he, was, he wanted to see the goals for and goals against and all that stuff, but he, he, he stopped himself. And then they mentioned that after all the circumstances said manager had gone through because they didn't name him, um, it's probably a better thing that he hasn't looked. And so I can only assume that might be Ryan Martin they're talking about, considering <laughs> his results, it's about the player development. So that's just food for thought. Um, to think about there. Yeah, thank you, Angus. I think I think that, yeah. that was it was a game. It was a game that uh, it was a game that we, uh, there was optimism coming into the halftime, and then it went the other way. Mikey Gamble got on the field for five minutes uh, and got a red card yeah. because he uh, because he was sticking up for his teammate. And I, I said at the time, good, good. I mean, that's I think that that <laughs> helps you develop sort of uh, team mentality and, and sort of and, and sort of getting over and not being pushed around. Gamble hadn't played all season. He won't be. It's not going to be a big deal that he's not available for the next game. So if you have an opportunity to stick up for your teammate, you should do it. Yep, he 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 earned his red card. We'll say that. Yeah, um, yeah, he did. <laughs> all right, thanks, Angus. Thanks for thanks for calling in, man. We appreciate it. Don Rankin with the uh, the information. DC United games will be available on NB NBCSW. So I'm not sure if I'm wondering if the other games too, since it's a double header, probably not. They probably won't be showing the 5:30 game, uh, but yeah, probably not. Probably not. But there's games to watch. I mean, uh, the recent history with DC United and friendlies has been awful, very bad, it's extremely <laughs> depressing, and not not fun to watch. Uh, but uh, check well, that out. Play, playing a playing a French playing a, a French League One team is a little di- a little different from playing a. Uh, I mean, it's all due respect to the to the Costa Rican and, and El Salvadorian leagues, but uh, but uh, and, and and of course League MX with Puebla, sorry, um, but uh, but as well. So that, that 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 might be the more more interesting thing of the match. But uh, also Puebla is not a uh, a League MX powerhouse uh, either. 
Let's but we're say. also You're playing Loudon. We're also playing the Loudon players mostly. So <laughs> that's true. So the that's outcome true. could still be the same. It's true. Uh, I think we we don't we have some other stuff on here, but I did want to make sure we 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 loop back on what Angus mentioned with the with the TIFO uh, and sort of the big Rob tribute. I think that the mm-hmm. team did a fantastic. The team and the supporters groups all did a fantastic job. The supporters groups specifically. This is the first major TIFO. That has been shown, uh, I think, since the giant eagle, the controversial giant eagle uh, flag mm-hmm. that was from the first game that uh, I think burned, I think taken behind the stands and burned after that game. Uh, but they all got together. It was all of the groups, the new groups, the old groups uh, got together at Audi Field and painted all these, uh, all the TIFO and had it ready to go. Uh, it looked great. I think uh, if you, I'm sure everyone has seen the pictures by now, but we have a, you know, it's in the, it's in this morning's. Our tweet on it was is in this morning's news links, uh, and also the team did a great job. Uh, they honored him with a video uh, before the game. They uh, they had a, a big Rob jersey that the players picked up after they scored. Russ Knauss had it uh, before the end of the game, and then Bill was mm-hmm. was carrying it uh, as he was in front of the supporters groups. I think it was just like everyone said, it was. Uh, I think I think uh, trying to Doug, Doug said it in in the chat like it's going to be the big Rob game. Uh, for a lot of people, they're going to remember that that's the seven-one. You know, we talk about the Real Salt Lake mm-hmm. game. That's the other one we talk about with a bunch of goals, but this one's going to have a little extra element on it. And you could feel it in the stands, in the moment of silence. You could feel it with the celebrations. It was a really great tribute to a, a, a supporting legend. Yeah, and I, and I think it, you know it's awesome to see. Uh, it's awesome. It's awesome to see the supporter, supporters groups uh, come together. Uh, I guess in, in in that sense, and and. Starting to see that we, we we haven't gotten any sort of tifo type displays from from the supporters groups. So I think it's a uh, it's a welcoming sign of 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 we we've talked a lot about you know in the past about uh, the the atmosphere and and the how welcoming it is for other fans. And I think we're starting to see uh, some real reforms happen in that regard. Um, and obviously, you know, the, the tribute to Big Rob was incredible uh, on the broadcast. Um, obviously. Uh, uh, Dave Johnson brought it up uh, several times about it, um, and I think there was even sort of a tribute there was on the screen several times. So it was, uh, it it was awesome to see. It was incredible to see, um, and uh, and uh, obviously the win the win's great as well. Um, so I think I think hopefully the, we see a lot more things happen in the future that that are that are this good. Tifo uh, every week, incredible. why not? Why why, yes. why why that used to be the case? Listen, Screaming Eagles. I'm a member. I don't know, Ted. I think you might still be a member. Pass around the hat if you need TFO money. I'll I'll yeah. kick in. I'm old and I live far away, so I will not be going <laughs> and painting. But you can have money. I'd love to see it. I think it makes it. I think it makes for a better. And also, like you know, I was in, I was in the exact opposite side of the field, but it seemed like the the vibes coming in my direction were very very positive. I, I did. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the seven goals helps, but like it it just felt like a very cohesive and and sort of in tune group. And I didn't hear anything after the game yeah. about sort of any problems. I think it was just one of those one of those days where everything worked out and and showed. Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh, I wish I could remember because I want to give credit uh, on Twitter. But it was just sort of saying like this is this is an example of how it could be. Like this is this is the baseline. Mm-hmm. All these groups working together, putting product together, not having not worrying who is getting credit for which part of it, just doing it as an entire group and having that be the the focus. And that is. That's what should be happening. That's what always should have been happening. Yep. And I think new leadership allows that to happen. And that's where we're at. Yep. We're having we're having people that are taking ownership of the groups, ownership of leadership, and talking about taking the groups in new directions. And that's how you get past the the entrenched rivalries and the entrenched old old 
beefs. That's how you get rid of them by moving on and having new people that don't have them. So long-winded, but uh, it was great, great tribute. And I hope we see uh, more of that cooperation because it only makes the, the stadium harder to play at for opposing fans and more enjoyable for people who are watching it. Brings more people into, I think that's, that's, you know, not having the animosity helps, you know, bring, you know, you bring people to the games and they have a good time. They then want to come back. Um, so it's, 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 it's really been, it really been awesome to sort of see how the past few games, it feels like we've almost turned a corner. And I think that's, that's important to say. Um, uh, by the way, Angus says Cosmo Clyde on Twitter, by the way, was the person I think who made your statement. So, yep. Sounds right. Um, give, give him credit. Uh, I think that's going to do it for the show, guys. Uh, it's been an awesome show. We'll, we'll probably be talking mostly spirit next next Monday. Um, I think we're still working on what, what we're going to do for Thursday. Um, again, thank you all so, so much for listening. Patreon.com slash RFQ Refugees. Uh, Twitch.tv slash RFQ Refugees. Follow the show there. Help us get to, I think we're trying to still get to 50 followers. Yeah, I'm going to stream I'm gonna stream FIFA on my PC uh, to make <laughs> it worth your while. And that's going to be fun. You're going to want to see that. So make sure you're doing that. <laughs> so definitely get there um guys thank you so so much for listening uh you guys are all awesome and we will catch you guys down the road vamos vamos